0: You get a bit more ballsy, you get a bit more pushy, you, you know what you want, and you know how you want it, and and at that point, really, it was trust within our systems.
1: Ladies
0: and gentlemen. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Are you ready? Keep this frequency clear. I know you're going to dig this. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Check, check it out.
1: Hi, this is George Free from MartialArtsMedia.com and welcome to the Martial Arts Media Business Podcast, episode number three. So in this episode, we're going to be wrapping up the three-part series of the interview with Graham McDonnell and Phil Britton from the WA Institute of Martial Arts. So if you, if you haven't listened to number one and two, I'd recommend going back. Number two, well, number two was really where there was a lot of value in that, but then again... A lot of that value is going to be missed if you didn't get the full part of the story, which is in number one. So you can access those episodes at martialartsmedia.com forward slash one, the number one, or forward slash two. So that's going to be the interview, and from there on, we're gonna. I've already started interviewing more guests. So what's going to be happening in the show is we're going to continue on this journey. I'm going to be scoping out as many top martial arts school owners that I can find, and. You know, maybe it's not a top school owner as in numbers, where as in its huge turnover or its huge, uh, huge student student base, but people that have value to share, valuable things that are working, valuable tips, and that's what we want to bring to this podcast. So I'm going to be interviewing a lot more guests, and if you have any suggestions for guests, please go to the website martialartsmedia.com, just hit the contact form over there, get in touch, and 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 please make the introduction. I'll also be doing. A couple of solo shows, which will be a lot shorter, which just will be sharing a couple of things that, from my own experience, with what will help you marketing your school on the digital platforms, of course. So we're going to get going with this episode. I do also want to just quickly thank you for all the feedback I've been getting, just speaking to people in person and a few people online that have sent me a few messages saying that they've been loving the show and, and be getting great value from it. That's awesome. What would be really good if you got any positive feedback is just head over to iTunes and leave us a good review. Five star would be awesome. It really helps our rankings. Now, iTunes does make this a little bit tricky. So if you go to this episode, martialartsmedia.com forward slash three, and just scroll down, you'll find we'll link to the iTunes platform. It will open up iTunes and then it will there's a section that you can click on which will allow you to leave a review. Um, So yeah, anything good that you've got to save for the show that'll really help us get our rankings up and get the word out, of course. So that's it from me for now. And once again, I want to introduce you to Graham McDonald and Phil Britton.
2: Uh, So we we hire on attitude, not on ability. We can teach ability all day long, but if you have the wrong attitude and the wrong spark, uh, it, it doesn't work. So I think, I think touching on it, and this is probably, again, the vision of what we want for, for Waymo. We didn't want Waymo to be personality-driven, and, and it's sort of, I won't say it's an oxymoron conflicting there, but we wanted the energy of the program, the school, to be the draw card, not the instructor out the front. Now, yes, you need to have a great personality type because you know, when someone walks in the door and you say hello and this and that, but everybody does that. So you've got that whole wow experience. And, and again, this is something we, we said to our instructors and something we also realise is we cannot promote you unless we can replace you. And the thing is, you know, I, I know I've, uh, and my brother-in-law is a phenomenal dentist, but he'll die doing what he's doing because no one can do what he can do. So he can't scale his business. He can't step out of it. He can't do that because no one can do what he does. And I think, man, that is, that is on one hand, great. You're successful. But on the other hand, you're chained to a job. Now you, you're chained to a business that you can't leave. You can't walk away and do what we do. So what we do with our guys is grow our staff. We grow this instructor um, program, and this, Jesus, is thinking of it now, we actually have quite a few tiers and journeys where they really do grow to being a, you know, as you said with your, your young lad, being 10. By the time he sort of, if he goes through the program, sticks with us, by the time he sort of gets out of school age and starting to hit uni, he's gonna be a very, very capable and confident young man. Whether he's an instructor or not, but to be able to communicate in this world is a vital skill set. To be able to promote yourself and, and engage with people, man, that is going to differentiate you from the rest of the crowd. So how we do it, though, is from the ages of 10, um, we have them being able to start a volunteer program. There's lots of different tiers of instructing. And again, the goal is being a mentor in a program, as, as myself and Phil found addictive when we first started, was... When you are looked upon and you're 10 years old and you've got a six year old look up to you and think that you're a super, superstar, you're, you're, you're a mini Iron Man, you're a, you know, a Spider Man in their, their eyes, you're a hero because you've shown them how to do a front kick properly. You've shown them how to tie their belt. That is an amazing feeling. So, one, it definitely helps them with their own personal confidence. Two, they get to share that energy with others. And, and what a great thing from a parent sitting back, having a younger child in class, and seeing another let's say, a, a kid within four or five years' age difference being a mentor. It just shows you that our program has that maturity and that depth. And having an adult who's a mentor, as a leader, is great. But having someone else who's got really great values and qualities being a little bit younger around their age, that, that, that's amazing, to have that modelling behaviour. And that's something, as a parent myself, I look for and think, geez, I'd love my kids to hang around with with other really nice, respectful kids because I guarantee it's going to rub off. And that's the, the sort of value system we have with the – the leadership program. It's, it's definitely designed to have great values, but it's really structured well to help with how to communicate, how to help in a class, how to be proactive and productive, and then eventually how to take warm-ups or games of a class, and slowly as they grow in age in their confidence, how to lead particular groups into a, a paid position one day, and then there's, there's geez, it, it goes from there. So there's a couple of different approaches, George. Just, just very quickly, we've got our leadership program, we have our instructor university, and then we've got the diploma after the fact. So very much like a, a university degree. And I guess the, the, the way I could break it down really easy for the listeners, the leadership program is like primary school. We hold your hand, we do everything for you. The, the instructor university is like high school where we educate you, but again, it's a little bit of self-reliance, and the diploma is very much like, you know, almost the conflict of university. Diploma is where you're going for that PhD. You really are on your own within reason, but you're a leader, and it's developing your own personality type, and that's something we've got extremely
0: structured. (laughs) I'll just just mention here, because Graham might not say it himself, but, you know, he's got a bit of a nickname around our schools. (laughs) It's like John Appleseed, you know, the, the Pied Piper, because... Graham has his knack where he can walk through a class, walk through the school, and just, you know, look at someone's ability uh, is one thing, but look at their personality and their attitude uh, and and literally just, just that one hint, like, have you ever thought about being an instructor? And just that one thing, whether it's a white belt. I mean, we don't have a belt level limit uh, when it comes to, like, adults because, you know, you might be that white belt with an amazing personality. Sure, you don't have any skill yet, but that we can teach that. And we will put you to an instructor program. Now, we're definitely not one of those schools that will have, you know, green belts running schools. That's not, you know, that's not the thing. You know, we have a hard, fast rule that you have to be two belt levels above the person that you're teaching, even at an assistant level. Um, but, you know, we wouldn't put uh, lower than black belts to run a school, do you know what I mean? But what we're getting at is that if, if, if a white belt, yellow belt, someone with six or 12 months experience has the right personality, we're going to invite them to teach them the skills of being an instructor. Not because we, they must have them an instructor, but because we know that with what we will teach you, we'll send you down, send you down a path, whether it's personally, professionally, or, hey, if we can grab you and, and you'd be an instructor for us, we would love you, you know. So that's, that's one of the key things, you know. Don't look at the black belts and brown belts because if you haven't identified the personality then, it's too late. Look at your white belts. Look at your yellow belts and just have a look and, and think, you know. Man, they're, they're really approachable. They say hello. Like they're a personality in the class. There's all those sort of people. Put your time and and money and investment in teaching them and showing them the way. Dangle the carrot. Look, you help here, you volunteer, then you get a paid part-time, then you get this, then you get that. One day you might be a branch manager, you know, and and get paid, you know, really well money, you know, really good money. So uh, it's definitely about planting the seed early and not letting that fizzle out. there's another
2: thing that we do too. There's there's the benefit to our schools, which is great, but part of our, especially the, the adults, is it's a focus on changing their community too. And I don't mean them going out placards and billboards and, oh, yeah, yeah. It's more about just, just being genuine and being authentic in what they do. So part of their challenge recently in the leadership call, we've got one going on at the moment, is to pay it forward. And some, some of the guys listening may think, okay, pay it forward, but I don't have money to pay for someone's coffee or this. It's not about that. It's about just doing something uh, unexpected, a kind gesture, of pay it forward, hold the door for somebody. Let somebody go in front of you on the line. Um, smile and share a smile to somebody where normally they've got their head down because it's an amazing thing to just change people's attitude by the way that you hold yourself. So if you're conscious of how you hold yourself, man, you, you will change those around you. And that's, you know, when you've got, geez, what have we got at the moment? We've got close to 50 adults going through this instructor program and have 50 people go out in their community and on a daily basis, maybe have an effect over five or six other people. It's a pretty good feeling to know that you're not just teaching martial arts, but you're changing your community, whether they know it or not. It's you know, we're just changing people's days. And that's that that again is what we stand for and it goes back to that that lame of values, that wow experience, that that customer experience. And whether a customer or not, it's just making sure that we're we're changing our communities. So it's a, it's
1: a pretty cool feeling. What you say there doesn't you know, you can't really put a price tag on that. And that's why I wanna I sort of want to transition to that before we talk about Dojo 3. Yeah, yeah. But you guys charge a premium, you know, if, if, if there was a, a, a price comparison of martial arts rates. Yep. You know, you guys are definitely charging a premium above the standard yep. rate. And I think for anybody listening to this, they would have, there's a lot of things that you guys have just mentioned that justifies that. Yeah. But how would you answer that? How, how do you justify a premium service beyond uh, the average martial arts school?
2: So we, we, we talk a lot about cost versus investment, and again, it's, it's the investment you make. If you, if you think about cost, when you, when you think of a play on words, cost is something that costs you, and you spend money, and then it, you don't get anything back from it. Investment is something you, 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 you obviously spend money on it, but it makes you, it gives you back things, and again, that's something that our programs do. You'll invest with us, and we guarantee the money that you invest will triple, quadruple times 10 times 100 in what you get from it uh so it's really then outlaying we're pretty pretty direct and upfront how much it is for for members to start at our school and there's a lot that can't afford it and we're not like um so elite silver spoon in your mouth that we'll we'll do our best to try and offer some alternatives uh in regards to trying to help them with our school if we can't help them we'll, we'll certainly send them to other schools and it's not that we um don't like the other skills, we certainly do, but not everybody can go to that uh fly first class. There, I say, so we really do hold ourselves to that standard of providing first class service. But like anything, it's, it's making sure that we outweigh the money that they have to invest with us to make sure they see the benefits and values. Uh, and and really, that, that sort of uh, in a nutshell, what it's about. i sort of throw it to Phil because I know you've yeah. got a good spin on that too.
0: Oh, yeah, my, my spin on this is, is I'll. I'll especially as you're training instructors and, you know, program directors in particular, you know, if you ever have to teach someone to present fees, uh, you know, for the first time, you know, it's like, I remember the first time when we were doing program directors, we were like, <laughs> uh, it's $40 a month. And you're like, are they going to sign? Are they going to sign? And you're like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're scared. You're like, and, and, you know, it, to be the where we are today, we definitely can't charge what we used to charge, but it's an evolution. But something that I, two things, two strategies that I do to help uh, students help instructors program directors or school owners identify now the first thing most instructors have probably heard this sort of story before it's called the black belt story mm. and it's um it's a story about approaching a, a mother uh, and and talking about their her son who is now a black belt and she came in one day, one day and talked about the fee increase to the next level and the instructor basically said so look h- how about i do this for you what, what have you invested in the last four years? Let, you know, let's just pick a figure, say $10,000. So you've invested $10,000 in the last four years with your, your child to do martial arts and they're a black belt now. Now, if I was to give you that $10,000 in cash, but would take away all the skills, all the abilities, all the lessons that your child has, would you take that $10,000? And she thinks for a little bit and she says, no, not at all. And then he said, let's double it. I'll give you $20,000. But if I give you that $20,000, I take all of the skills, all the abilities, all the lessons that your child has learned in the four years that you've been at our school. And she thinks, and, you know, it's tempting, but at the end of the day, she says, no. You can't put a price tag on the life skills that you learn mm-hmm. in martial arts. And this is what you've got to forget. It's not the punches and the kicks. It's not being able to defend yourself, although it's an important part. It is the lessons that you learn. Lessons that I learned that got me off this hospital bed or out of that terrorist attack it's the lessons that may help graham in his life in the in the hard times you know so there is really you no know, price tag and when you put it the context like that um for someone like maybe a parent they might think a little bit different for my instructors when i'm trying to teach them about you know why we charge what we charge we truly believe that we change people's lives mm. and that and that we are just as important here in australia as swimming lessons and you know, I've got three children and you know, my children do swimming lessons and it's like $30 a class for 30 minutes. Now, we charge a little bit like that for, for our 45 minute class, you know, if you're doing once a week. So I think that we're just as, as valuable in someone's life as learning to swim. I think we're way more valuable than gymnastics or dance school or football, you know what I mean? So when I compare myself to other uh, sports, other activities that I believe are probably life-changing as well. I see us sit like double, triple, quadruple the value that we should. You know, I think we undercharge ourselves really. But you know, there comes a point, a, a tipping point. Um, and as Graham said, the difference is, you know, that yes, some people can't afford us, and it's a bit of a shame because people come through your door, and you like you'd really love to help them. But you know, to run a professional school, to have twenty full-time staff that dedicate their lives. You know this isn't like a job this is a lifestyle <laughs> and our instructors dedicate their lives they work hard to to invest in themselves as instructors uh invest in themselves as personal pe- people uh to grow themselves you know why shouldn't they get paid well for transforming someone's life you know for, for, for your listeners listening in and, and
2: you know the martial artists and whatnot If you think of it a doctor, a dentist, I spoke about that before. They, they may have a degree, a master's degree, a PhD, whatever else. Think of the time invested in them educating themselves to get to that point. Let's say five years, six, seven, eight years. I guarantee your listeners here have spent 10 years of their life, 15, 20 years crafting their skills in this discipline. They may have a first degree, second degree, third degree, fourth, or fifth degree on their black belt. That's still a degree. So why do you see yourself any different? In what you present because i guarantee we all wear different hats a psychologist a a mentor a a fitness trainer a life coach all of these things the hats that we wear and that's something you've got to really just think about is if i coupled the the income of all those guys and put it into a martial arts instructor man we'd be we'd be laughing now obviously that's that's something that's very unrealistic but it's how you value yourself how you value what you've done and the life that we've invested in education is we believe that we deliver far beyond what we charge and that's something that getting your head around that and believing in
1: yourself is is key factor great okay so quickly just on dojo three and then i'm just going to ask you guys a few random questions so you so two dojos and now you open number three Mm -hmm. so what are the key differences you know after your learning experiences from the previous two what's the key differences you did when you opened number three okay so we're going to to just paint a picture
2: a little bit too george is we we spoke about uh taking over a shell and rebuilding the shell on dojo one our our sort of head headquarters then we thought hmm was that just a fluke so let's let's uh let's operate a a new school that's within the same northern corridor northern area so for the listeners listening we've got our second school it's about maybe 20 minutes drive away Uh, But still very much because of our branding and our marketing, people may have known about us. So at school number three, we went completely south of the river. So here in in Perth, we have south of the river. It's almost like another country. (laughs) So nobody actually knows who we were and whatnot. So this was the big test to see, does our systems, marketing systems work when nobody knows who you are? So you couldn't rely on... Word of mouth. You couldn't rely on your brand integrity. It was just you were a, a completely unknown entity. And all right, now we're really system testing to see, okay, what do we need to do to get these vision, mission, values out there, the, the marketing, and get people through the door. And, man, it was an awesome challenge, which is great. Um, different approach this time around, Phil. What do you think?
0: Definitely uh, third time round, you get a bit more ballsy. You know, <laughs> so like, like – like trying to get the location, like you will push the lease and you'll get three months, you know, uh, lease. And so finding the location, you know, like, you know, how we do that is there's an art in itself, you know, getting to pick the location. Um, there's specific art around what we do. Josh,
2: just just to add to that before Phil runs on. Through the negotiation process, myself and Phil, because we were like, right, bugger this. We know what value we bring to a location. Uh, we were negotiating a lease for, for five years, and we said, right, we want uh, ten months free rent and fifty thousand dollars fit out. And the guys like, all right, we'll think about it. And it was something because we knew what we we worked. We we chose to go for a different location that suited the school a bit better. But I think we still got six months free rent. They couldn't they couldn't do a fit out for us. But again, that was compensated through the free rent period, uh, and again, that equates to close to fifty thousand dollars saved in rent. Because we knew that if we put our roots down in that location, bar buying the building, if they let us in due time, we'd be there for life. You know that—that's sort of what we were talking about. Is so we knew the value we were going to bring to that area. Therefore, in negotiations, we were pretty pretty hardball. So um, to be able to sort of turn around and go. They were willing to give ten months free rent and fifty thousand dollars to fit out the, the premises. It's pretty good, uh, pretty good starting point for a for a new school.
0: Definitely, <laughs> yeah. So you know, we, you get a bit more ballsy, you get a bit more pushy. You, you know what you want and you know how you want it. And and at that point, really, it was trust within our systems. Mm. It was and, and and for example, you know, the man, again, the manager we chose for there. We, we didn't go down there and you know and weren't part of the school really. It just sort of happened organically. But we trusted the systems, trusted that it worked. And, you know, and as an example, you know, in, the, in branch management, you go, oh, can we try this? Can we try that? I was like, mate, I love your ideas, but no, because we're doing this because it works. It's like uh, you know, our analogy is like baking a cake. You know, if, you, if, if you see a, an amazing cake, it tastes amazing, it looks amazing, and you want to bake the same cake, what do you do? You follow the recipe. If you miss out an ingredient, it, you will not get the same result. So we were very adamant that we would follow the same recipe that we did for um, the second location, and in doing that, in the first 12 months, you know, well, the other school was 300, this was 350. Yep. Yeah. So in the first 12 months, we grew this one 50, 50 more students more than the other one, and it was just a testament to following the recipe for success, and 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 knowing that we were doing the right thing, and we would say no to certain things and yes to these things, um, trusting in our ability, trusting in in what we know works um, and, and just, again, uh, not, not starting a new business at the detriment to others. Yeah. So that's one of the big failure points I see.
2: Look, I think, George, the, the, the big thing to help with starting new schools is it goes back to the staff training and the staff um, growth programs. So by being able to have instructor programs on a consistent basis, you're forever developing these little gems that will be your – your school manager one day or your support team or staff. So we definitely have uh, learnt a lot. We, we tried it once in the early days to hire from the outside in, uh, get a sales guy from out to bring in, and it just it bit us in the ass very quickly. So the challenge with hiring or growing your own stuff, they take time to mature. Um, you know, I, I used the phrase the other day with, with somebody It's like making a good bottle of wine. You've got all the ingredients, but you just need time for it to mature and time for it to to come into its own. And the same thing goes with your staff. So we forever have this system where we are continually growing and maturing these staff. So when the opportunity arises that there could be another location opening or there's a position vacant in one of the schools, you've got the right person to step in and then be able to be effective, not just, you know, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. So there's so many components to this machine that need to be working hand in hand before you can go, Hey look, okay. I can stand back and sort of watch. So, but it, but it's, it's important. And it's, it's uh, fun to, fun to watch it
1: go on. Excellent. Okay. So getting to the end here. So just a couple of questions. Is there number four? (laughs) (laughs) There will be. The the thing is there,
2: uh, we will expand across Australia and and if not the world, Um, something that we've done and, and, myself and Phil being forward thinkers, when the time's right, the time's right. But we, we are the WA Institute of Martial Arts, but we own the domain names and the business owners for South Australia Institute, Queensland Institute, Sydney Institute, Melbourne Institute. Um, we, we've got all of that already sold up, but we just haven't found the right person yet. So anybody listening who's thinking about uh, uh, maybe, uh, you know, jumping on board with one of us and our schools, you know, drop us a line.
1: All right, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, great. So... Just going back, you know, because we've, we've, we've gone so, you know, from beginning to a maturing model and, mm-hmm. and system. But just going back again, what would you do, do differently? If, if, if you guys look back on the day you took over, you know, the Greenwood Dojo and you, you got started, what would you do differently from all the experience, from everything that you've learned up to now?
0: <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah. I don't think I'd do anything different because if I did, we wouldn't be here today. Yeah, uh, And I know definitely. that's sort of cliche, I guess, you know, it, but when I look back, everything happened at the right time mm. at the right moment, you know, and if, and if I said that we should have not worked so hard in the beginning, so we could have that time with our young family, we wouldn't be here today where Graham and I now, you know, only work four days a week, we do school pick up and drop off, mm. you know, we, we get to go on, you know, so we wouldn't be here today. Um, I don't think I would really do anything different. If anything, like the, we've now grown into a role not, where we don't have to teach, we, want, we, we, we teach when we want to, uh, and we, we're pretty much managing the staff, so we manage managers, which is an amazing thing, but again, that's a learnt thing though, that we have to learn, because you know, we, we, st- we originally started a business because we love teaching martial arts, <laughs> and it evolved to the point where now we don't teach martial arts, well, we do, we, do. we teach it to our, to our instructors. So we train the trainers, but we are constantly now with a big school. Where now we've moved into a role where it's really just HR, mm-hmm. you know, we're managing the managers we're making sure that they, they feel good. They're all right. They're still growing. They're, they're inspired. Um, they don't go down the wrong path. So we're like parents again, you know, it was like, yeah, you know, we both got three of our <laughs> own kids, but really what 20 full-time staff that are our kids as well. So we've got to guide them along their journey to make sure that, you know, that they get to live the lifestyle that, that we that we want for them. I guess
2: there's a quote, George, that really sings out that uh, I've always loved. It was sort of, I read it in the Steve Jobs book, and it was, um, you know, if you want to predict the future, create it yourself. And that really goes back to us going right in day one is when people go, you can't do this. I'm like, well, why can't we? So you can have your cake and eat it. So we run a successful school. We have the ability to enjoy time with our family. And we also have the the chance now to travel the world and upskill ourselves but bring it back. But also leaving a legacy for our team that if they hit their straps and they hit those those benchmarks, they'll also get to do that. We've created a system where it's not one person has to be the manager, leader at any given moment. So we have um, plans in place for them to be, growing to area managers, state managers, national managers, if that's their dream and their passion, to travel and, and grow. So, you know, it's, would I change anything? Definitely not. I think it's, uh, we always change things as we go. Looking back, the past of the past, but we're going to change what's happening uh, currently. And, and it's exciting, you know, we, we roll with the blows, which is, which is awesome.
1: Common theme I get is asking yourself the right questions. You're just always, you know, if something can't be done, just asking yourself, why not yep. you know, and, and challenging yourselves and taking yourselves to the, yep. to the next level so what do you guys do to stay on top of your game you know like you've, you've you've talked about mentors and so yep. forth but what do you do to sort of stay on top that you are always motivated and that you influencing your staff on the right path.
2: well we've got a we've got a couple of things coming up at the moment where we're just planning a trip to the states um, education is one thing so being alive to model and have a look at how other things are being done so keeping your finger on the pulse with what the the globe is doing um, not that we compare ourselves to anyone else but it's always nice to just go look, has things changed in the last couple of years i think last time we were in the states was maybe two years ago so go and have a quick look we've got some great friends that will go and have a look at their organization and see is there anything we can bring back home uh bar that when we're on, on home soil is, is definitely putting yourself in a in a great headspace of education and constantly listening to podcasts um, audio books things like that to to stay positive front of mind because at the end of the day, there's going to be challenges in everyone's life, but then really trying to make make sure you're surrounding yourself with the right people. And you talked about mentors and things like that. Definitely. You know, if you, if you've got an area that you need attention on that needs absolute attention, find someone in that area that can really resonate with you and your values and and do the time. It may be, maybe a three month thing, a six month thing could be, it could be a lifelong journey with that mentor, but continual education is sort of key factor. And if you're pumping, you know, the rest, the rest flows and hey, enthusiasm's caught, not taught. It's part of our teaching thing, but also when, when it's, it's great when Phil goes, hey, Graham, look, there's an awesome uh, podcast I listened to from Tony Roberts, which he did to me the other day. I'm like, perfect, man. Great. Thank you. Uh, equally, you know, there's some books I go, hey, I read this Richard Branson book that was really good. Phil, here you go, mate. So continually sort of swapping and sharing and, and trying to stay ahead of the curve.
0: I would say never not be a student both in business, in life, but more importantly, martial arts. Yeah. Because if you're going to run a martial arts, <coughs> season, whether, whether you're teaching or not and you're just managing guys, I, man, you've still got to train. You know, So we, we, we will always get our instructors to come in and, and, and teach us and go to seminars and stuff like that. But how I try and hone my game as well, you know, because now we're at that point where we're basically business coaches for our own business. Um, and that's why we created Tima, the Institute of Martial Arts. So you know, a way to then again test again. It was just like I said, it's another challenge to test our skill and ability to help other martial arts business owners as well. And then, in saying that as well, I take it to the next level. Is now now I'm also helping other businesses as well. So you know, we do a lot of speaking internationally, nationally. Um, helping entrepreneurs, small business owners in various fields and niches. Mm. And we're testing our knowledge, our skill and our ability to be able to turn what we know, what we love to do in this environment, this niche and help other business owners as well. So it's, it's that constant and never ending improvement, Kaizen, for all the martial artists out there <laughs> um, that we're always improving. We're never satisfied. You know, We just want to push ourselves with the
1: best we can, but also share that knowledge as well. Excellent. Hmm. Lastly, so where can, where can people find out more about you? You mentioned the, the Institute of Martial Arts.
0: Yep. So, uh, yeah, the best contact for us will be uh, www.tima.com.au www.tima, or if you want to get in contact direct with us, so that was our website, direct with us, you can just um, contact us at admin at tima.com.au. That's admin as it's uh, said and tima is Tima.com.au. And you'll be able to just reach out and just uh, hey guys uh, got some questions thoughts um, you know we offer online help as well so people can get just access on on all our systems and procedures online or if they want to talk to us direct um, just reach out we're here for we're here for everyone hey guys just another one the the, the social media
2: aspect and just again further education there's a ton of stuff guys Facebook and LinkedIn and, and Twitter and whatnot but on a on a On a weekly basis, we have some uh, some vlogs, uh, some podcasts that go out, so uh, you can download them on iTunes, which is the Martial Arts Business Success. Uh, There's a ton of great material specifically designed for martial arts schools in regards to content, and there's also the uh, the vlogs that are on the website and whatnot team, which will allow you to see a happy face as well as delivering some great content. Excellent. Well, thanks a lot, Paul.
1: Thank you, Graham. George. That's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you got good value from that. That will be the last part of the interview, the three-part series with Graham McDonald and Phil Britton from the WA Institute of Martial Arts. Next week, we'll be going solo, so I'll be sharing some tips that will help you with your online marketing, positioning, and all good things for your martial arts business. And if you want to get the transcripts of this interview and any other any other interviews and and episodes that we do, you could just head over to the episode. For this one, of course, martialartsbusiness, martialartsmedia.com forward slash the number, which is number three, so martialartsmedia.com forward slash number three. And that's it. If you'd like to get in touch with me, if you've got any guest suggestions, just head over to the website, martialartsmedia.com, get in touch with us. And if you'd like to chat to me about your business, if there's anything that you need help with with your marketing or anything that you feel we can help you with, I do offer a free strategy session which you can get on the link, the work work with us link on the website and just fill out, a, fill out the form there. We'll get in touch with you and you can set up a time which is convenient for us to chat and see if we can help you with anything with your martial arts business. That's it. Thank you very much for listening. I'll chat to you again next time will
2: conclude this evening's entertainment thanks for listening if you need help building your martial arts school check out martialartsmedia.com